and you're listening to the crafted podcast well good evening good morning good afternoon to whoever's listening to this podcast no matter what time of day it is no matter what day it is we welcome you and we thank you for kicking it with us um first off happy new year to everybody listening yes happy new year it's 2024 it is it's 2024, man. It's crazy to really just think about that that year because, like me, I'm a I'm a big movie buff, and so like a lot of like the science science uh, fiction movies and like space movies that I've watched like over my overtime like as a kid and stuff, we're now getting into the years that like those movies were like set in. Like, Back to the Future was set in like when he went to the future the first time. It was 2023. Um, you know, you think of movies like Event Horizon and things of that nature. Like we're getting into those times of like the twenty twenties, twenty thirties, and we don't have flying cars yet. And that's what I'm upset about. <laughs> you want a flying car? Yeah, like we're supposed to be having flying cars and hologram. Hologram. Well, we getting close because we got self driving cars. We've had two a Tupac hologram concert, so we getting kind of close there. Um, but we don't have a city on Mars or a city on the moon yet. We have the boat cars. So, barely. <laughs> we barely got those. You're right. So, but, um, yeah. It's 2024. Yeah, that's crazy. So, what did you have in mind for 2024, baby? Just to keep just to keep being a real one. You a know real what I mean? one. Yeah, you know I mean, and, and, you know, set myself apart from the fake. And all this fake love out there. No. You're so ugly. You um, don't do that. Honestly, I'm looking forward to just a lot more discipline um, in 2024. Discipline in all areas. Um, I don't want to overwhelm myself and like say I'm going to have to be disciplined in all of these areas at once. Because I think that's how you kind of lose your zeal for like getting through your New Year's resolutions. But I just know within this year, I need to target three three main areas of discipline um, that I want to do better in or that I want to change. One is health-wise, like more exercise and diet and, and just kind of just, you know, being in tune with my body. Like, I do a lot of things where, like, I feel ill or, like, I feel pain, but I'll just kind of progress through it instead of knowing I have insurance and just going to the doctor to check up on stuff. You know, I just won't for some reason, but... I want to get better at that. Of course, I want to get more discipline in my finances and just make better saving decisions, um, you know, better investments in things where I can. Um, and, you know, hopefully um, a better position of employment, um, you know, that that brings a, a new area of financials. And then lastly, um, I just want to get disciplined and quality time. Whether that's quality time for myself, because I don't talking about last year and some of the stuff we talked about in our last podcast, like I don't necessarily take a lot of like time for myself to do things. So I'm focusing on quality time in that area, quality time in our marriage, and then continuing to, you know, nurture quality and and really intricate time with our kids. Wow, that's beautiful, babe. That's so beautiful. So that's really good, though. I really like that. It sounds like a good vision for yourself and for our family as well and tuned in there. And so um, me, I usually, I don't know, my personality type, which I talked about in um, 
past podcasts is number one, um, my number one trait is being an achiever. And so, you know, I'm always setting out to be better at something. I'm always setting out to, to achieve a goal, to do something better. And so I feel like my whole life is always trying to better myself. And so a lot of times New Year's resolutions are like, uh, I guess this is a, a chance to, to have a fresh start and a, a fresh chance to be better at something and to to outdo what I've done before, to do, you know, just to do more. And so um, for the past few years, I've decided, oh, I want to better myself. I want to do more self-care. I want to prioritize me. And so I've done that. And um, for the past few years, and I was thinking this year, like, oh, I'm going to do it again, you know. But I think at this point, it is, I've done a lot of self-care. I think I've got that in the bag. And I think what I'm going to focus on this year is basically um, my marriage and my children, you know, like I just want to do more in that aspect. And so, you know, I can achieve in my own personal life. And of course, those goals are still there and things. But I want to achieve, um, you know, being a, I'm already, I'm already a good wife and a good mom, but you know, you could always strive for more. So that's my goal this year. All right. Good stuff. Little New Year's resolutions out the way. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Let's get into our random fact of the day. And today's random fact is brought to you by the year 2024. Um, Do you know where we get the idea of in a sense celebrating like the new year from like where was where was kind of started or what what's most people what most people say this is where it was invented starting uh, to celebrate the new year in the bible at the new moon um i mean that's that was i mean that was, i guess that was one um but it wasn't necessarily i guess i'm saying necessarily how we celebrate the new year like the beginning of january because the new the new moon celebrations in the Bible were like, I think like kind of like mid March going into like June or something like that. Um, but anyway, as constructed of how we celebrate it. Mm, I don't know. So it actually comes from um, the Roman Empire. So about what was it three thousand years ago? I guess um, the Roman Empire. If you know about like their list of gods, like they have kind of gods for everything. But um, Julius Caesar, he made a declaration to set apart the month that we know known as January. Back in the day, he dedicated this month to their Greek god named Janus. And so that's where we get the name January from. Okay. Um, but Janus was the god of, they considered him the god of gates and transitioning. And so if you've like ever seen a statue of the God Janus, it's an actual two faced like person. And that's because one of his faces is looking forward to the future and his other face was looking backwards into the past. And so they considered him the God of like transitioning because he was pretty much also known as the God of new beginnings. Mm-hmm. So um, and that and so from that that god and and julius caesar recognizing that he made a declaration for the roman empire um which is now carrying on into a tradition around the world to have a celebration marking the beginning of the new year the first of janus which is the first of january 
as the new year and looking forward to transition into the future and you know doing better dang so all these holidays really do be having some crazy roots some pagan roots <laughs> yeah you know like for the for the um people that are fanatical and they say you know don't celebrate any of the holidays i mean you give it a feel to the fire i don't know yeah i mean i get that like everything is kind of started from from some point but this, how i like to look at things is like of course present day like us having a new year's eve celebration we're not sitting here in our Roman attire and saying, oh, we're celebrating Janus. You know, I think we, ta- <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? We've taken it to the point of like, we're looking, we're looking at the new year as a fresh start. This is a calendar reset. You know what I mean? So whatever we didn't achieve or whatever we didn't do well in the past year, we're now looking forward to doing better, to creating resolutions, to getting more discipline for the new year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, we don't even really do any of the New Year's superstitions and things like that. Some people are very serious. They have to clean their whole house. They have to eat black eyed peas. They have to, you know, do all types of stuff. So, really, I look at New Year's as a time to celebrate and have fun with my kids and have my family and have that that new discipline and all that kind of stuff, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And a bonus fact um, is that we get a we get a double double today. Yeah, bonus fact is that it's actually pronounced New Year, and not New Years. Because <laughs> I've seen so many people post Happy New Years, and like I've heard people just say it, and it's like it's it's been said so much that it just kind of passes me. Oh, it's not, but it's it is in fact Happy New Year. But you know why I think they say New Year's is because they're saying New Year's Day. Like, Happy New Year's Day. Well, tell me Happy New Year's Day and not Happy New Year's 2024. Because <laughs> <Happy laughs> it's only one year. I'm rolling at that point. But anywho. Back. You're so petty. <laughs> All right, now let's go ahead and get into our Let's Get Deep question of the day. Okay. And today's Let's Get Deep question, it says, What details do you know about the day you were born? Let's see. What details do I know about that? Oh, you want me to start? Oh, you go ahead. Okay. The day I was born was a sunny day. And oh I'm just God. kidding. <laughs> no, I just know that I was born at uh, UCLA Medical Center and that I was very wanted and they were just so happy. I was a girl and um, my sister picked out my name. And yeah, that's really it. I don't know much else. I got a couple of gifts, a baby blanket and stuff like that. And a couple of, you know, gifts like a silver spoon, like a literal silver spoon. I have it somewhere in my uh, gatherings. Look, I need to see if that's worth some. <laughs> Do you know the exact hospital you were born in? Yeah, UCLA Medical Center. Okay. That's so what's tell me about you. Well, I was born in East Rancho Dominguez Hospital. That is no longer standing in Compton, California. Um, but I know I was born on a day that was raining because we did our, we did a, uh, what was that, our five-year vow renewal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a five-year vow renewal, and we had our parents, like, kind of do, like, vlogs about us, about, like, raising us. And my mom gave the story of when I was born and, like, her going to the hospital and it was raining, and I think it was my grandfather driving her to the hospital. Yeah. Um, and so I know that detail. Um, 
and I just know that when I was born, the angels came down and said, uh, you're, you're so... <laughs> you're the worst. But, uh, yeah, you know, so... That's, it's, it's interesting to think about, like, where you're born, because those are real questions that, like, people don't really nor- normally ask, or I, I don't really find, like, too much, like, I, I shouldn't, I need to know this detail, yeah. but I guess it is really good to know the detail in the story of, you know, how you're born, because once I get famous and they want to make a movie about me, I need to make this, I need to know, make sure they have the <laughs> right story. I'm so. rolling. You're, you're cuckoo. Yeah, that's interesting. I never really thought about that either. I kind of don't care either. Like, like you know, it's not one of those things that I'm like, oh, man, I need to like, know. I just got to know. Yeah, because then as soon as they tell me the information, I'm going to forget anyways. We know you. Yeah. So let's slip into our, I wanted to say something different, because what do I usually say? Let's get into it. Get let's into get it, into, yeah. or or I say, let's, are you are you ready to transition? No, there's a word I use. I forgot, though. So let's go ahead and get into our forever segment. Yes, let's yeah. slip into our forever segment. We're slipping today. Um, so since I am trying to prioritize marriage in this year, and this is not because we have any issues or anything like that or any big thing, but I just feel like I can do more in that area. So I've come up with um, some things that I'm going to try to do and some things that, you know, you don't even know, but you're going to have to do too because <laughs> mm-hmm. you're included in it too. So um, the first one is daily prayer together and separately regarding marriage specifically and so you know we do tend to pray um sometimes not every day it's more so like when we're working you know kind of thing mm-hmm. and so um yeah i think that it would be really good to like pray throughout the weekday yeah is to pray together every single day and then not only pray together every single day about our marriage but even pray separately about our marriage like god make me into the wife that you want me to be you know or God, make him into the husband that you want him to be. So I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that one? Yeah, it's like you said. I mean, we already do that. So I already find an importance of, you know, praying with you. Like, um, I always want to kind of make sure I pray with you. But just like you said, I do more so, like, relegate that towards the work week. I really kind of relegate it to whenever we're apart. And that's usually when we get apart as a work week. Because on the weekend, we're pretty much always together. Yeah. Um. But also, too, we pray. I mean, I have a section every time I do my prayer, like where I pray about our marriage. But it's not very like, you know, we haven't really done constant prayers where it's just hyper focused on our marriage. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. That we're going to hyper focus on our marriage. (laughs) So another one is a daily scripture or Bible plan together. Mm-hmm. And that is where we have definitely lacked. We do not read the Bible together. I know people are going to be like, oh, my God, because I feel like that's a big thing in a marriage, you know. And so that is something that we do not do together. We have um, done like maybe like a month or a week or, you know, things like that or a few Bible plans. But we haven't consistently read the Bible every day together as a family and you know if we're gonna say god is the head of our lives and you know he orchestrates everything then we have to spend time with him 
not only apart but together as a family mm-hmm. and so i think that's really important what do you think oh yeah definitely um i think it's like you said i think we've just gotten into the really really i've gotten into the mode of like uh knowing <clears throat> knowing that you're doing like your plan or whatnot and then knowing that like i have my own separate plans just just as long as you're reading the bible or as long as you're doing something yeah, I mean, um, but I think us focusing on a plan together and actually, you know, uh, getting to the word together at a constant daily. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's no bad. There's no bad or no like nothing negative I can see about that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that'll just start us on, you know, we have the foundations right there. And I feel like we have a really solid foundation overall in our marriage, but, um, you know, just having that even extra foundation, you know, we're strengthening it more. We're remodeling that foundation a little bit. Uh So I think that's important. Um, the next daily one is to use two love languages purposefully per day. So this is just being intentional. We know the love languages are, what are they, babe? Quick, quick, quick. Oh, girl. Um, you have works, I mean, no. You what? Did have... <laughs> you sleep? Open your eyes. No, no, no. This man have... over here. This man over here in the bed with his eyes closed. He ain't gonna sleep right now. <laughs> no, my, my eye is giving me problems. But anyway, you have words of affirmation. Is really what I'm trying to say. We got words. You have words of affirmation. You have acts of service. Okay. I was, I was thinking both of them at the same time, so I said works. <laughs> so words of affirmation, and acts of service. You have gifts. Then you have physical touch. You have. What's the last Mine, one? Mine. This is my love language that he's forgetting, guys. The what? Quality, um, quality time. time. There we go. Yes, honey. Yeah. Quality time. Okay, so I want us to use two love languages purposefully per day. Well, it's not. That's for me, really. These, the other ones are daily, so you kind of have to do them with me. But mm-hmm. this one is a daily too. But you know, that's something that I'm gonna intentionally try to do. So I'm gonna intentionally, you know go and hold his hand or I'm going to intentionally go and, um, you know, wash some dishes. Ugh, that's hard for me hmm. for access service or something. So listen, I don't wash no dishes or I'm going to intentionally send him some words of affirmation, all that good stuff. So the next one is, you're going to like this one is initiate sex once per week. Oh God. Thank you. Lord. You are just so good. I just, so he's the worst so that's because his love language is physical touch and we know the pinnacle of physical touch is some sexy sexy time Hmm. and so let's talk about it i tend to be um more on the passive side and so i guess i'll be a little more bored this year Mm-hmm. Um, at least once per week, and so yeah. I'm gonna accept on Goodness my um, my cycle my week because I'm unclean. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my my, <laughs> my cycle week because you know every girl deserves a break. <laughs> hmm. So that'll be my break week. Um, the next one. Oh, you got anything to say? Mm, Shondo. Shondo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the next one is complete one of his chores once per month see i couldn't do that every day or every week i got a lot to do but he he even though he's the man in this relationship of course he does the quintessential man things like uh take out the trash and stuff because i ain't touching nobody's trash but maybe 
but he also does the laundry. He doesn't fold the laundry. Mm. <laughs> but, he does, clean, but he does wash the laundry and he does dry the laundry. And then he also, my husband also washes the dishes and he does, he does a lot of the chores around the house, you know, like I'm not, I'm, I'm not the main person that does the chores in the house. I feel like he does a lot of the major things like dishes and laundry, you know, mm-hmm. anyway, so once per month, I am going to complete a chore. Okay. That's for me. So what do you think about that? I mean, it sounds good to me. That's spreading the wealth. Spread the wealth. So, okay. The next one is one date night per month. So that's something that we already do. We have one mm-hmm. singular date night per month, and so, um, yeah, that's just gonna be continued into the new year. But what I want to add also is two at home date nights per month. So at home date nights is when you put your kids to bed early or on time (laughs) and you have a date night and so you're supposed to like plan it and it's at the house so it could be like you play board games it could be you guys cook something together it can be you guys give each other massages Mm. it can be you guys do a honeydew item together you know Mm -hmm. just something together that's purposeful you guys can make s'mores whatever whatever it is Walk around the house, do a workout video. So it's going to be a purposeful at-home date night. And since there's two, you have to plan one, and I have to plan one. Okay. That's, that's balanced. So you have to be a participant. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to participate? Yeah. You got any good ideas? I mean, not off the top, but I'm sure I can come up with something. I got... Actually, one of mine is to play Phase 10. <laughs> What's your what was your favorite at home date night we've done? Because we used to do this in the past. We haven't done it recently. Though. Playing Monopoly. I like. I actually like board games. Like, I love board games and like games like that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably playing Monopoly. I like any date night that involves food because I like to eat. So yeah. Okay, so along with our one actual date night per month, we're gonna do something new. And so that is, we're going to write one thoughtful letter every date night for the actual, not the at-home date nights, the actual date night, and we're going to pair it with the gift. So it doesn't have to be a large gift, but something like a small token or a large token, whatever you, whatever you got money for or whatever you have money for, paired with a thoughtful letter. So it makes our date night more like, you know. More razzle dazzle. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? That's a that's a good um, attachment to that because, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> Are you sleep? No, I mean, I'm just trying to think of like what else to say <laughs> on that. Like, there's that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, what gift are you gonna give me first, then? Girl, I don't know. That's, what do you I mean you think don't know? That. And I can't. But what I'm gonna how I'm gonna tell? What I'm, why would I tell you my gift? Oh, I, it's a surprise. I didn't know it was a surprise gift. No, oh, if we write a thoughtful letter, yeah, I'm guessing it has to be a surprise. So what you gonna tell me in my letter? I don't know. You cool? Dang, <laughs> y'all see how he do me after 14 years? That's messed up. He needs to tell me I'm the apple of his <laughs> eye, and that every time he looks at me, my eyes twinkle. They do be twinkling. They brown and twinkly. Hmm. 
Okay, and then the next one is one day trip every quarter. So not a whole trip, but a day trip every single quarter. So this is an extended date. Yes, this is an extended date, a long date. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could include the kids if we can't find anybody, but it has to be some form of a day trip and every quarter. So that means you plan to a year, I plan to a year, because listen, we got to spread the wealth. It can't be only me. Spread the wealth. Health is wealth. Mm-hmm. So yes. So, you know, I will make the whole Excel spreadsheet with everything that you're supposed to do for you <laughs> so you can keep track. And you always have me your trusty reminder. So what do you think about that one? That's pretty cool, too. Yeah? Yeah. Puts a little more, you know, oomph into the dating, the the regularly scheduled dates. Yeah. So this is not, the date trip is not taking place of our date night, though. Mm -hmm. Okay? So this is in addition to... Because we need to prioritize our marriage, spend quality time together, and just show each other how much we love each other, how much we think about each other, and just, you know, spend that earnest time. One day our kids are going to be 18, they're going to leave the house, and so, you know, all you have is each other at the end of the day. And so you got to really just, just pour into your marriage in that way. And especially, you know, in this day and age with all the different things out there. You got to remind yourself why you love somebody and and why you want to spend time with them and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. And the last one is two vacations, not vacations, vacations per year. And so that's just something, you know, it doesn't have to be long. Maybe a overnight, just one overnight or two overnights. You know, it could be a Palm Springs or it could be like a chicago to visit my best friend or something but we both have to plan one we're going to new orleans next month and so that does not i get i don't know i guess that can count as our vacation yeah we're gonna be going it's gonna be valentine's day too yes i guess that could technically count as our vacation um since you know that's already planned and in the works i guess that's me because it's for my school site conference so you got to plan the next one (laughs) that's for sure yeah, so anyway, so what do you think about our whole marriage challenge? And what do you think about the parts you have to participate in? Or are you going to be participating in the whole thing? I mean, I think it's fine because I think that oftentimes, especially when you've been married as long as we've been married, I think people just kind of go along. You know, a lot of people just kind of go along to get along, meaning like marriage just becomes like, I'm, well, we marry, you know? And you just kind of go throughout the day. And a lot of people, like, as I talk to more people that are in relationships and stuff like that, like, I'm just starting to notice, like, people don't really be, like, talking to their spouses or, like, trying to figure out, like, really trying to figure out, like, what they want, what they want to do, what they like, or just really putting any intentional thought into things for them or with them. So I think it's good when you, you know, create actual goals and, you know, have a vision for where you want to take your marriage and, you know, just come to realize like it doesn't take all the money in the world. doesn't take all the rocket sciences to figure out what you can do to strengthen your marriage. You can do small things like, you know, what we're implementing this year. So yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. So are you going to participate in the whole thing? No, you're not. Yeah, girl. I'm going to participate in the whole thing. Oh, 
I didn't. No, I, <laughs> no, you didn't have to. I mean, you don't have to do two love languages purposefully per day. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot one of the things. And our two at-home date nights, it includes a massage. Okay. So on your date night you that you plan, you got to give me a massage. And on the date night that I plan, I have to give you a massage. I'm going to give you a massage, all right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's supposed to be a non-sexual massage, baby. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Somebody what? I'm just it. saying. Okay. All right. So, anyways, let's segue. That's the word I say. <laughs> Let's segue into our Roots and Bloom segment, which is our parenting segment. And so I want to talk about our journey into parenthood today. Uh-huh. So what did you imagine prior to becoming a parent? Maybe even when you were a kid into being married, like what did you imagine in, in parenthood? Um, I just imagine like... I might imagine having our kids. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. And um, Hello. I don't know. I imagine I imagine very different. Like I imagine not that they would be robots, but that they would just be like the listening, get it the first time type of kids. And that is not what we have. That is not what parenthood is. Parenthood is a lot of patience, it's a lot of repetition, it's a lot of teaching and and reminding and things of that nature um so but yeah i think that was probably the biggest thing i just thought like oh i'm gonna have kids and you know i'm just gonna teach them everything i know and raise them well and yeah they're just gonna get it you know and and just be astute and just be shining stars and have no flaws yeah it is so funny that um you know i was thinking about having the perfect kid or whatever and it's really like what is the perfect kid like what personality would you put together to make the perfect kid and oftentimes the personality we put together to make the perfect kid does not necessarily grow into the perfect adult like it's perfect as a kid as somebody who listens to everything does what they're told all the time a people pleaser essentially Mm -hmm. but a people pleaser as an adult is not a good thing and so really the perfect kid is a kid who turns into a well-rounded and successful adult, like, you know? And so you just never know what combination of kid you're going to get. Like, are you going to have an introverted kid or an extroverted kid? Are you going to have a kid that's sensitive to, like, lights and sound? Are you going to have a kid who's sensitive to, like, emotions and just a sensitive person? Are they going to have a perfectionist personality? Are they going to be adventurous or are they going to be taking risks? Um, are they going to be careful and scary and, you know, are they going to be empathetic, compassionate? Are they going to be assertive? Are they going to be passive? Are they, um, really focused and task oriented? Are they playful and creative? Are they analytical and, or are they just curious and just, you know, are they super independent or are they all up under you and dependent? And so it's kind of interesting. Like you just never know what combination you're going to get to make your child and so you know maybe from the outside looking in it's like or even from our perspective like we don't have the perfect children necessarily because they don't necessarily do exactly what we say every single time every time but at the end of the day they're very caring they're very compassionate they're very empathetic they're very loving 
they um, are very determined and focused and and all those things. They're very creative kids. Um, they know how to stand up for themselves. And so I think in that sense, we uh, we essentially do have the perfect kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, what did I imagine? I did imagine the perfect <clears throat> kids like you, the ones that are going to do exactly what they're going to be told, uh, that are going to obey you without question, <laughs> without questioning the kids that are just going to love what you love and do what you do and you know, and so, you know, we definitely don't have those kids. Yeah. We have kids who are questioners. They question things. They want to know, you know, the reasoning behind certain things. They're very curious. And so, yeah, that did kind of uh, stump our, you know, imagination a little bit. How many kids was your, what were you going to have? What? How many kids did you think you were going to have and did you want? My initial was four. Four? Your initial was three. Mm-hmm. My initial was four. Hmm, my initial was my initial was four. Okay. I think I always said I wanted two girls and two boys. And maybe I said five then. I always had one more than you is what I remembered. Mm-hmm. But I for some reason I thought you had three and I had four because I always thought I wanted to have as many kids as my mom. Mm. But maybe I had I I imagined five kids. But yeah, so yeah, I guess we have three kids. To me, that's the perfect <laughs> I amount. I guess. <laughs> that's, the, that's the perfect amount. Well, we had one that went on to Zion mm. and a little miscarriage there. But, you know, um, three are the ones that are meant to be here. And so that's okay. And that's exactly how many I think I could parent. Yeah. Because any more kids, woo. So what did you imagine your parenting style was going to be like? Um, I think we went into it a little bit, so maybe just give the brief version. Yeah, I just thought that I was going to be a little bit softer than how I was raised. So, a little bit softer than my 90s parentage. Yeah. I thought I was going to be, like, uh, a disciplinarian. Like, my kids are going to do exactly what I said, or I'm going to make them do what I said. Like, I don't know what the heck I was thinking. Like, that's not my parenting style necessarily. I mean, as long as you're not in danger or doing something really crazy, but you know, that's really not my parenting style either. So can you go into like becoming a parent, like the thoughts, the emotions, like, you know, from your very first kid, what, what, what was becoming a parent like for you? Um, it was kind of like, it was kind of an interesting transition because like, this is really the first time, like when, when you get married, you know, you're, especially as a man, as a husband, like you feel this burden to protect and take care of another life of, of your wife. You know what I mean? But your wife is already a grown person. When you have a kid, though, like this is really the first time where you have to protect something that cannot protect themselves. You have to teach somebody something that doesn't know anything. And, you know, you just have this anxiety of like, keeping them safe, making sure, oh, don't, don't jump off of that, you know, and it's just, it's really one of the craziest feelings, but it's also rewarding in the sense, as the years go by, just watching them learn and retain certain information and, and skill sets and and things of that nature, you know, just from like, man, a few years ago, you didn't know how to walk, you barely knew how to crawl, like August used to scoop. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you barely, or, or what was it? Not Scoop, but he used to do the, what was Army it called? Crawl. Ar- Army Crawl. 
or whatnot, and you could barely walk. And now here you are riding a bike in the driveway, you know? But I'm still hoping, like, you don't fall and, like, bump your head. But it's just amazing just to see the transition and the growth um, of everything that they know and everything that they can do now, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so becoming a parent for me, like, I don't know. I always imagined myself as a mom. I I didn't know I was going to have my own kids, though. I always wanted to adopt kids and have foster kids. I didn't really necessarily think I needed to have my own children. And so um, becoming a mom was just interesting. Like, I felt like as I became a parent, I could do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. I felt like almost not invincible, but that I could achieve anything it gave me like that lust for life you know like wow i can if i could have a baby you know i could grow an entire human or if god may allow me to grow an entire human then i could achieve anything you know and if in nine months a whole entire human grows in you like what can i achieve in nine months and what can you know i just felt like that so becoming a parent was really eye-opening for me it really set put a fire behind wanting to achieve goals wanting to do great things wanting to instill so many things in in my kids I just immediately began reading books on parenting and reading books on having a baby having a toddler having a child and so I don't know becoming a parent was really interesting even though it didn't go the way exactly I imagined but I just feel like it is very, it's just an interesting road to, like you said, to watch them grow, to watch them learn. To, it's the most imp- interesting part to me, though, overall, is that you have to teach a kid everything. Mm-hmm. And then you have to think of what are the effective ways to teach somebody. Is it really effective to be yelling at someone when teaching them something? Like, not really, because yeah. what if every time you did something, your boss came in and yelled at you? Is it really effective to demean someone or to be sarcastic with someone you're teaching? And, of course, we do these things. Nobody's perfect. But, like, in reality, you know, what if your boss, you said, hey, you know, I noticed that the deadline was this day. And he goes, well, what do you think? You know, and we tend to do that to our kids sometimes. What do you think the answer is? Because they ask such silly things sometimes. But, you know, that's not really an effective and loving way to teach your children. And that's not a way that they're really truly going to understand. If, you know, another thing I think of is when you get a write-up at work. It's like, you get a write-up at work. Does it, Nobody's ever gotten a write-up and said, oh, I really want to change now. I want to do so much better. I really better. need to do better. I want to, I want to make this company look this greatest. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, I just think that's, that's funny. so funny. And so, you know, oftentimes we give out these punishments and these consequences that are, like, really not going to change the behavior. And so a lot of that stuff is intrinsic. And so... I guess we have to figure out what intrinsically motivates us, what have intrinsically would have motivated us as a kid. And that's how you really target and change kids' behaviors and things like that. Mm. And so a lot of times that's why, you know, when we ask kids to do something, they're like, uh, they're like, yeah, in your face, and then they'll go do what they want to do. But that's why, you know, it's not intrinsic. And then they're like, okay, they're giving all this lecture and doing all this punishment. But just like, Somebody could give all this lecture and punishment to you and you don't care. It's the same thing with kids. 
And so I don't know that that's the the interesting part of navigating parenthood to me is how to intrinsically motivate your children to want to do the right thing and to do the right thing, you know? Yeah. And so, um, what do you think was the hardest transition for you? Was it zero to one, one to two, or two to three? Mm, man. And that's in kids for people who don't know. I don't know, man. Raising kids has kind of become a blur low key. Um, I guess the hardest transition would probably be them walking, like them beginning to walk. Because believe it or not, when the kids are small, even though like no, they... I'm talking about the number of kids. Did you? Hear oh, me? I, oh, I'm, I did my not bad. Say age. Literally, I just gave the explanation, and this man said, "I don't care about that." <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Um, you talk about when they learn to walk. <laughs> no real deal. But anyway, that I is guess. a scary time. You'd be like, "Are you gonna bump your little head?" <laughs> Um, the transition, I guess the hardest transition was probably one to two. So from one kid to two kids? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Why do you think that was the hardest transition? Because you go from focusing all your attention on one person and knowing where they at at all times to now, not only do you have to care for the newest little baby and like, you know, make sure like they're hitting their milestones and getting what they need. But also your other one is growing and now they're like walk they might be walking again and getting into stuff. So now you gotta watch them while also watching the little other little baby. And then even even then you gotta be more cautious because your big one might even end up hurting the little baby just trying to be nice or trying to play nice with them or something like that. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's just a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of anxiety I, you, that goes into that. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think a lot of people they say different things like, Oh, zero to one was so hard for me or or one to two, or two to three, or three to four, or whatever. And so I agree with you with the one to two. It was hard for us, and hard for me in general. Because it was just a lot, taking care of two people. Like, from one person to two people was crazy. But you know the part that I think that actually made it difficult for us, or or a hard tr- or a more difficult transition, is the fact that our kids were so young, and we had them so uh, close, you know, in age, they're only 14 months apart, which is, you know, um, almost, almost Irish two. twins, right? Almost Irish twins, but they are a year and two months apart. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's literally two babies. My poor autumn, she had to grow up so fast. My poor baby. I used to have her practice it on plan alone when she was like 11 months in preparation for when we had the baby. My poor baby, we need to show her some more love sometimes because <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, so I think that the transition was difficult for us due to the age, um, difference zero to one was easy for us because we just were so in love with our little baby and she, Autumn was really the perfect baby, you know, in -hmm. in a sense, she really truly was. And then when we went one to two, August was, uh, he was a little more needy as a baby. We had to carry him a lot. He was sucked his little two fingers. He needed a lot of soothing and things like that. And then, um, um, and then two to three, our kids were already old. Like, you know, I feel like a three year age gap to four year age gap is a pretty good age gap. Like if you get pregnant by the time a kid is three and then they'll almost be four by the time you have the baby, that's a pretty good age gap, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really difficult for us. Do you think that age was, I mean, do you think, what do you think about that age gap? 
Yeah, no, that was that was pretty good because the older ones become more helpers than uh, getting in the way, you know. Yeah, yeah, and so was that transition at all hard for you from, from two to three? Um, not necessarily. Yeah, no, I don't. Th- I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was. Yeah, and right now she's in her toddler stage, and she's in her. You know, that's the bat stage. What do they say? The three danger stage. So she's, you know, a cuckoo for Cocoa Puff right now. She is a little cuckoo. And with all her different emotions, I'm like, girl, <laughs> what emotions are you feeling? But, you know, we're only dealing with one toddler right now. We At one point, we did two toddlers. So that was crazy. So one toddler has nothing on two toddlers, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So um, in closing, I want to ask, what areas... Can you be better for in your parenting in the future, for the future, for this year, basically? Um, I mean, like just, intentionally better. Yeah, intentionally better. I think as always just patience, Um, really just having more time with them and just kind of giving them more grace, you know, and even though like they do need correction because they they you still they're still learning. You're still teaching them things. But also have a little bit more grace in the fact that they have only been on this earth for four years. I mean, four or five years, you know. Six and seven and three. Well, no, I'm saying going into, if we going into the new, this new year, like Josie's going to be four this year. Oh, okay. You know, so just having, you know, just more grace on them as they continue to develop and, and grow. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I think an area I could be, you know, intentionally better in is figuring out the different ways to uh, intrinsically motivate and how to how to motivate my children, basically, without um, as much punishment, because discipline does not necessarily have to be punishment. And so um, I do think that there need to be consequences, but there should be a lot more natural consequences. The actual imposed consequences should be less because if you think about it as an adult, it doesn't necessarily work. And you just have a kid trying to avoid a consequence instead of a kid doing the right thing because it is the right thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I want to figure out how can I help my children's intrinsic motivation grow? And so on my part, my goal is going to be to motivate more, encourage more, love more, as opposed to punish more. Yeah, so that is Roots and Bloom. Alrighty. Well, let's go ahead and get into our lifestyle section. Um, and fitting, what we're going to be talking about today in our lifestyle section is the New Year and New Year's resolutions. Oh. Um. And so I want to ask you a question out of a hundred percent, how, how, what percentage do you think people, um, actually stick to their new year's resolutions? How many percentage of people do I think stick to it? Yeah. Or actually I think I'm answering, I mean, I think I'm asking that wrong when it comes to new year's resolutions. Um, you know, everybody creates one, everybody creates a resolution or a goal of what they want to do. Uh-huh. And so I'm tracking with you. I'm tracking with you. Yeah. So when it comes to the percentage, because I didn't give you like dates, because every because not all people stick with them. People a lot of, of people start not. them, or whatnot. But what percentage of people do you think either stop or 
start to get a little shaky um, within the first week. Within that first week, probably 75%. So you think 75%? Oh, that's, I guess that's good. Of um, people get shaky. Okay. So only 25% of people make it. Well, no. Well, that's what I'm giving you. I'm giving you time frames. So the time frames is going to be the first week, the first month, and then the year. Okay. The rest of the year. I still think only seventy five, only twenty five percent of people are going to make it in the first week. Okay. So then, in the first month, how many how many people you think drop off after that? I think only ten percent of people are left. Okay. Okay. I, that that's 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 kind of accurate. Um, well, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, I'm looking at statistics. Okay. In the first week. What's your source? Cite your source. Um, this is InsideMastery.com. So these are, this is a company that does, um, case studies. Okay, cool. Um, anywho. Um, and so within the first week, it's only 20% of people, only 20% of people drop off. Oh, wow. Um, and I thought it was the opposite. Yeah, yeah. So only twenty four, only twenty about twenty about twenty percent of people don't stick to it. Now, when we get to the first month, what's interesting and what I found out in this statistic is that most people, when they do start New Year's resolutions, whether it's like going to the gym, eating better, whatever the case may be, people usually stop or usually hit a wall on the second Friday of the month. Of that first month, so the second Friday of January. So it's two weeks. Yeah, and so, but this, this, you know, this is still gets encaps- encapsulated as the first, because you know sometimes the the second Friday won't fall, however the however the month is made or however the month starts. But anyway, most people categorize that day, especially like gyms, they categorize that day as Quitters Day. That's what they call it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, because on that day, you ne- you're now seeing about a 60% drop-off. So you have like a 60% of drop-off. And then as the years go on, as the year goes on, you are kind of almost on the, right on the nail. Um, at the end of the year, there's only about 9% of people that actually carry out the New Year's resolution that they set out with. Well, that's actually more than I would thought because I said 10% for the first month. And for the end of the year, I would have said 1%. Mm-hmm. And so really what I want to talk about this is because obviously it's the new year and a lot of us are creating new goals and creating resolutions. And so I want to go into their stats um, what, of some of the reasonings that they give why people actually fail in their New Year's resolutions. And then actually give like some tips or some encouragement on how you can actually develop habits and what is best practices to what are best practices to continue to keep you motivated in your okay. uh, resolutions. So 35 percent of people said why they stopped is because they simply lost motivation. And so this could be with people like at the gym or especially, they said especially people that had exercise or health regimens. A lot of people just lost the motivation. And I'm thinking because, you know, it's hard to really just put a stop and a hard fast to thing or hard stop to things, especially like if you're a foodie and you just like to eat good, man, just turn over a new leaf, like flipping the switch like that. Ooh, that's, that's kind of hard. Yeah, it is. Or whatnot. <clears throat> okay. And then the 19% of people, they credited them being too, just simply too busy to continue with whatever goal or lifestyle set that they try to change is a reason for them quitting. 
18% of people said that their goals actually shifted, their goals and their priorities actually shifted within a year of them not, that's why they didn't complete their initial goal set. Okay. And then you have 28% of people that had other reasons. And there was a ton of list of other reasons. Other reasons could be loss of employment, just dramatic change. They have to move, loss of income, loss of a loved one, depression. There's a bunch of stuff that, that, that fit into that category. But now I want to get into the point of how you can keep your New New Year's resolutions. And so one of the main factors is deeply understanding why you want to change what your motivation is and why is it now necessary to change an interesting fact on on this statistic she found that a lot of people why a lot of people don't stick to their new year's resolutions like starting in the beginning of the month or i mean the beginning of the year is because it's something that they feel like they get propelled into and they're not actually ready to fully commit to it um you know they either and that's why people really lose their motivation because they really haven't really prioritized their goals or they you know just feel like this date i have to start this date and i have to do it it's not necessarily something that they've just really thought out and thought out they just the day comes and they feel like they have to put this button on and just go and go um, so really getting a deep understanding of why you want to do this, it'll help you continue to keep motivation. And statistics actually show that people, the people that 9% who fulfilled their um, resolutions throughout the year, they actually started their goals either a week or two weeks before the New Year's got there. Oh, the wow. New year, the New Year got here. I was planning <laughs> to start mine two weeks after. <laughs> So I'm gonna start mine on Fun Friday. What's the Friday called? Quitters Friday. I'm gonna start mine on Quitters, Quitters Friday. And so yeah, and so and that just shows that people that were starting a couple weeks beforehand that they seriously were com- fully committed, that they got in their mind that this is what they want to do and they need to carry it out, and they understood the why of why they were doing it. And so you really get into the nitty gritty of that that I hope you stay motivated. Um, another one is to set specific challenging, uh, set specific and challenging long-term goals only if you feel ready. And so, for example, of course, I think we all know at this point, the number one goal or the number one resolution that always almost ends up never getting completed is weight loss, you know, or exercising. Mm -hmm. And so it's a long-term goal. For a lot of people, but if you're like really, really heavy set, you know, setting something that's not realistic, like some people will say, I want to lose 50 pounds by the third month. While it can be done, it's not more so realistic if you aren't already in an athletic environment, you know, so you want to set realistic goals and that are consistent, you know, and also continue to, you know, celebrate your small goals as you continue to meet each milestone, each milestone as you go on, it'll help you consist. It'll help you consistently stay motivated, rather than you falling off the wagon within the first I don't know couple of weeks, and then now you get into a ball of I just can't do it or this will never work for me, and then now your resolution is obliterated. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is to consider an accountability partner. Um, you know, whether it's a family member or a friend that is pursuing a similar goal as you, 
or just finding somebody who is just going to have your best interest and really stay on top of you. So, you know, if your goal is to just eat better, you know, if you're going out with friends, you have that one friend that's, you know, going to be on you about, you know, the choices, the dinner choices that you're going to make. And also just having a heart of not being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not feeling like you're attacked, you know, in a sense, but actually, you know, understanding that somebody has their best interest for you and are just trying to hold you accountable because you guys became accountability partners. Um, and then one one of the last things that could help you achieve your resolution goals, which I found was interesting, but it does make sense, is to improve your sleeping schedule. And this says that that includes consistent waking and waking and bedtimes and getting plenty of quality sleep every night because it may surprise you just how much sleep impacts goal success. And it gives a chart of just showing like the people that actually get eight hours, eight hours or more a night when they wake up, they're a little bit more motivated. Their minds are more fresh. They attack certain goals a little bit better. And the consistency continues to hit the mark each and every time versus someone who doesn't get a lot of sleep because when you don't get a lot of sleep, your body is, you know, not at its full potential. You get a little bit more cranky. You feel the pressure of like that you're, you know, since you're tired, that you don't have enough time in a day. And mm-hmm. just if you don't sleep right, it'll just throw off your whole, you know, whatever you're trying to do. Okay. And so those are some of the just small keys um, to continuing success with your New Year resolutions. Um, and so, yeah, um, I, I just hope that you guys, whatever... New Year's resolution or whatever goal that you set this year, I hope that you're able to crush it. And I'm hoping that you're able to stay consistent and just follow a path of success when you get there and just to not give up. Because, man, it's it is hard to set a goal and it is hard to just really stay consistent, man, especially about food. Like if you're just trying to eat better and give a food, bro, I know it's Chick-fil-A out here. It's In-N-Out out here. Uh, it's Kava out here. Well, well Kava's kind of healthy, I guess. Kava. Kava's kind of delicious, too. But, man, you know, I, I just know. I know it's tough, but but you'll get through it. All right. <laughs> well, that has been our episode for today. That has been the Crafted Podcast. Um, as always, we just want to thank you guys for tuning in with us and listening to us. Please um, leave us some feedback. Um, whether it's on the description, you can go down. Leave us a comment. Maybe there's a topic that you want to hear going into the new year. Um, something you want to hear us talk about or you just want to leave us some feedback about how this episode sounded or any other episode that you like or you know that you may not like whatever the case may be um, we just ask that you just guys that you give us some feedback leave us five stars rate us um, follow us on social media our, our social medias are, are linked into the description uh, just continue to connect with this man and we just want to say thank you again for listening to us because there's a million other podcasts out there and we know you could be listening to a lot of them, you know, but you're you're here with us and we appreciate that. So as always, um, again, happy new year. Um, we pray success over your endeavors and over your goals. And we just can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. So as always, God bless.